Well, today we're going to uh, continue on a message I began last week um, that I thought was going to be a one-part message, but it grew. And uh, it was called Begin Again. And so today is Begin Again Part 2. Or I guess it could also be called Begin Again Again. And as I've studied and prepared this week, I realized that it's still growing. And so we'll actually have a part three next week. And then the Lord willing, following after that, I have a series very important. This has been stewing in my heart for a number of months, and it's going to be called Home. And what you need to know is that this world is not your home. We're, we're strangers. We're aliens. We're ambassadors. We have a mission here. Uh, but the perspective on that is going to be liberating, very powerful for you. And uh, we're going to want to be a part of that. We'll start that in a couple of weeks. But begin again, we have a new year, a new season, a fresh start, uh, a do-over, a mulligan. We get to try again. And uh, as we do that, starting this year, I'm believing for a better year. How many of y'all could use a better year? It seemed to be these people over here. <laughs> How many of y'all could use a, a better year? A better year. And now, but it's available, but it's not just going to happen. And there's some things that we need to be aware of and some, and some ways that we need to approach some things that will have much to do with it. But I'm, I'm, I'm up with better. Okay. Up with better. But as we begin again, that means that we've done this before. We've, we've started a new year before, a lot of them. Uh, older I get, more of them. Uh, and as we start in a new year, we do something that we've done before. Then if anything that's powerful, anything that is potentially dangerous, then as you begin that again, there's some instructions that go with that. There's some updates. There's some warnings. There's some encouragement. There's some different things that go with that. And that's what we want to do. And probably the thing that I want us to focus in on, and we touched on it last week as well, is we start a new year that you need to be very centered up on and make sure this is in the right place, the right condition is your faith. Probably the most important thing to have and to guard is your faith. And faith really just bottom line is trust. It's a persuasion. You're convinced of something. You have full assurance of something. You do. Not someone else. You do. And for, for your faith to be powerful, it has to be personal. It has to be, I believe this. I'm persuaded of this. I know whom I have believed. I am persuaded that he is able to keep what he has promised. It has to be something inside of you. And you're not going to have that apart from the word. I, I put it this way. Uh, no word, no faith. And you're not going to have faith apart from the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's what... A, a continuous hearing of the word of God, to be reminded of that. And faith uh, is faith. When we say we have faith in God, we actually are saying that we have faith in his word. Yes, sir. And we have faith in his ability. We have faith in his history, his track record, his character, his intentions. In First John 5, 4 and 5, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And notice this line, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. And that's the bottom line. That's the bedrock right there that you believe that Jesus is the son of God. So we talk about faith, but I want to talk about a certain brand of faith 
that we, that we mentioned last week, spent some time on, and it's this, through faith. It's a brand of faith that will get you through some things. Uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, a, a deep, dark place that God would get us through those kind of things. Uh, how many of you have ever been through something? Okay, I'm talking to the right people. And some of you are going through th- some things right now, and we need to have the kind of faith that will indeed get us through. And 2013, let me just tell you this, and I'm not prophesying doom and gloom because I don't know. Uh, I do believe that the promises of God stand. I do believe that the dark, and Isaiah even talks about this, that the darker that the world would get, the, the brighter the glory of God. We, we even sang some of that today, arise, shine, that the glory of God would get brighter. Uh, we just celebrated Christmas and we talked about, you know, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then it goes on to say, and of, watch this, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. There will be no end to the increase of his government and peace. And so I'm believing for up. I, I did not say there won't be challenges. But, you know, baby, we've got turbo and four-wheel drive and everything else, okay? You know, God, God is with us and he'll help us through this. But, uh, but let me just go ahead and say it. You, you need through faith. It would be stupid. Let, let me lighten up on you. It would be dumb. It would be dumb to go into this new year and not have your faith together. You did a wise thing getting here this morning. And, and, and you know what? Make sure this is your pattern for the year. Get yourself to church. Church days affect the rest of your days. But it would be dumb. It would be ill-advised. To go into this new year and not have your faith together. And and that should be a new year's resolution for you. To do less dumb things. (laughs) Go ahead and write that down. I resolved 2013 to do less dumb things. Why do I say that? And why are you laughing? Because we've all done dumb things. Come on. And I'm I'm trying to avert disaster here. Do not enter this year without getting your faith, you know, together and ready to roll. You're going to need it. You're going to need through faith. Just since Christmas, I made a little note on this little sticky note here. Just since Christmas, and part of this is is not directly to me, but as far as a pastor, a church family, friends and family situations, and some of it very personal. These are some things that we've either had to go through or are going through, okay? And and you'll be able to relate, relate, relate to this. Several deaths, a couple births, a couple weddings. A miscarriage. Somebody lost a long-term job. Um, a couple horrible wrecks. Some health crisis. Um, some hospital stays. One with not a lot of answers. What's wrong? Uh, I talked to somebody on Christmas Eve after the Christmas Eve service who's had problems with addictions who had relapsed into their addictions. Uh, I know of a situation tomorrow where a family in our, in our church has a court date. Uh, I know of another one coming, coming up, uh, murder two doors down from my house. Last week I came home from church and my whole block is a crime scene. My neighbor was murdered. That's surreal. It's just unreal. 
And all of those things, those are huge. You better have some through faith. You better have a brand of faith that will get you through. And that's what we want to talk about today. That you have that kind of faith that will get you through. Last week we looked in Mark chapter 4. And I want to go there again and and look at this because it's just a great example here. Jesus has been teaching. He's been healing. He's been ministering. And it says this. On the same day when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, notice this. Let us cross over to the other side. Everybody read that with me. Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? And I've heard and read a lot of sermons on this passage. And and I'm not saying that, that they're wrong. That would be arrogant to even do that. But I think there's some things that we need to see that maybe we haven't seen out of this out of this passage. And we looked at some of that last week. But this uh, this happens on the Sea of Galilee, which is also could be considered a huge lake. And because of the lay of the of the ground, the, the topography, the geography of that of that area, it is uh, the potential for storms is incredible. But it's a beautiful area. It's a resort. You could go there today and rent jet skis. And there's resorts and restaurants and all kinds of things that are nearby. It's a beautiful place. It's a destination. But there's still storms that come up there. And I shared with you last week, the the sea itself is 680 feet below sea level. The mountains that surround it are 2,000 feet above sea level. Down on the water, you've got this semi-tropical, warm, moist air. 2,000, well, almost 2,700 feet up. You've got cool, dry air. And there's crevices. There's these narrow valleys that turn into wind tunnels as the heat rises and the cool drops. And at any point, not necessarily a cold front or a storm or anything come through, it just can happen because of the lay of the land that that cold air can shoot down through there and the pressure mixes, temperatures drop, the, the, the water absorbs that energy, and you've got a storm. Potentially at any time. Beautiful place. And you can have wonderful days there. But there could be a storm at any time. And I like to always take scripture and apply it to our life. And while one day I hope to go to the Sea of Galilee, I want to go there. Jesus' ministry, that was kind of the epicenter. Roughly about eight square miles around there is where everything Jesus did happened. And I'd love to go, as they say, to walk where Jesus walked. But... We can't go there this morning, so how do we apply the Sea of Galilee to us today? And I just want to rename the Sea of Galilee for us. It's a beautiful place. It can be a resort, but also at any time there can be a storm. So for our purposes today, we're just going to call the Sea 2013. That it can be beautiful. It can be an awesome thing. But at any time... There could be storms in our life. Are you all with me? And Jesus said something. He said, 
let us go to the other side. Let's cross over to the other side. And you need to know that Jesus was not at that point giving directions. He's not saying, you see that cliff and the, and the Taco Bell and, and Dunkin' Donuts? Kind of right. He was not giving directions. He was making a declaration. Everybody say a declaration. And you need to know, it should just stand out to us in Scripture that when Jesus, the Son of God, said, let us cross over to the other side, you need to kind of understand some kind of tone and intensity about his voice. He's talking like God talks because he, he was fully divine. And you go back to Genesis 1 and you can, you can hear it. He said, well, let's go back to Mark 4. He said, let us cross over to the other side. You go back to Genesis 1 and you, and you can hear God, the Father, the Creator saying, let us create man in our image. Let there be light. And what? And there was light. And let the seas do this and let the grass and let the fish and, and everything that he said like that happened. Shoot forward to this time on the sea and Jesus, the son of God, who just performed miracles and cast out demons and spoke the most incredible words on this planet. And he said, let us cross over to the other side. Now we've got hindsight. We, we've got armchair quarterback, you know, uh, vantage point on this. We know that they're going to make it. And we know and can hear that, you know, if God said, if Jesus said, we're going the other side, then we're, we're going where? We're going the other side. Well, the disciples kind of missed that. And the storm arose and we just read about it. They thought they were perishing. They were panicking. In the Greek, it actually means freak out. Ah, <laughs> freak out. But, um, <laughs> sorry, that kind of slipped. And Jesus calms a storm and then... It's all calm. And let me just ask you something first. If, if they didn't wake Jesus, would they have made it? But they didn't think so. They didn't think so. Jesus then asked them some questions. He takes care of it all. And you need to know that God will never let you go through. And this is a word for many of you today. God will never let you go through more than you can handle. First Corinthians 10, 13. He'll never let you go through more than you can handle. So listen to me. If God has promised that, then you hush your mouth about saying, I just can't handle it. Okay. But he'll never let you go through more. The storm is not going to be too big for you. But he asked these two questions. He said, why are you so fearful? And and let's look at this. We did this last week, but take just a second to do it. He said, why are you so fearful? Which means you were full of what? Of fear. How is it? that you have no faith or really what is implied is what happened to your faith? What happened to your faith? You can look this word up and the, the Greek word for this actually implies this faithless. So you have a capacity. I have a capacity. All of us, we have spiritual mechanism and you're a container. You have a capacity and you're going to have at work in your life. Listen to me, church. You're going to have at work in your life, either fear or faith. And you've got to monitor that. One of those two is going to be working. Fear is the enemy of faith. Fear is faith in reverse. But you're going to have that in your life. And you're either going to be fearful and faithless. Or you're going to be faithful and fearless. Jesus, he's troubled by this. He's concerned by this. He says, why? Why are you so fearful? What happened 
to your faith? What happened to your faith? And the faith was not to get them uh, to, to calm the storm. As I shared with you last week, they were surprised that he calmed the storm. They were surprised that he was an ab- that he was able. Who is this that can do that? They didn't even ask him. They were just crying out out of, out of their fear, out of their panic. You know, just do something. What do we do? We're, we're perishing. Don't you care that we're perishing? And so the faith was not to stop the storm. The faith really was just to get through the storm. I don't want any storms. But as storms come, we need to be able and have the kind of faith that we, we can make it through the storm and know that we are going to the other side. You with me so far? Now, he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And I think, and I just asked you the question, if, if they had not woke, woke him, would they have made it? And they would have. And probably still windy and wet. Probably still, uh, Jesus, tell me again what you said. Let's assume that they caught what Jesus said. We're going to the other side. Okay, we're going to the other side. Storm come up. Still, if they're like me, I would say, Jesus, I know you're sleeping, but could you tell me that again? Just say it one more time, right? That was this trip, right? We're going the other, the other side. And that's because faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing and by hearing and by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's why we've got to be reminded of, of, of the word of God. I don't, I don't think the problem so often is that we don't believe. I think sometimes that we kind of forget. And we get overwhelmed with some things. And so the problem that concerned Jesus was that fear had displaced faith. Faith now is disengaged. Faith is not present. And it's probably for a number of reasons, okay? First of all, it could be because of what they saw and what they felt. That they let that trump what he said. But so often I think it's something else. I think it's that they missed what he said. You know, they're loading their stuff in and they're, you know, waving at people and they're all excited. I'm with Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> you know, they're the people on the shore and, and Jesus said, let's cross over the other side. I think they missed it. And you know what? I think that's where we miss it. And so often we're going through storms and dealing with things and we're, we're fearful. We're full of terror because we missed it. We missed what he said. You know, and it, it's kind of like a ride at Disney World. You know, there, there's a couple rides just like over at Animal Kingdom. There's a, a dinosaur ride, Countdown to Extinction. And you're going to go back in time and ride this Jeep. And there's Tyrannosaurus Rexes and Velociraptors. And they come this far from you. And, and if, you, if you didn't hear the instructions about this, and if you didn't have a, a handle on reality, you'd think they're real. And we are lost in space and in time. We'll never make it back. But instead, it's just, it's fun. It's fun for you to go and to pretend. But here's the thing that I know, no matter how thrilling or scary a ride would be, we're going to make it back. I've taken my children on Thunder Mountain Railroad. It's the wildest ride in the wilderness. And it's this runaway train through, you know, wherever. But I always know we scream, but we're going to make it. And we go through the storm. You need to make sure that you don't miss what is set up front. And I think 
More than just being overwhelmed by wind and waves and all those kind of things and, and all the other people screaming. How many of you know that sometimes if somebody starts screaming, you start screaming too? <laughs> and we're all worked up and we're not sure why. All right, here's a point. Be careful who you're around when you're in a storm. Because okay, some people get it all worked up and it really wasn't much. It was a spider. It was plastic. And you got a flamethrower and an axe. Okay. So be careful who you're around in all this. But I think a lot of times we just miss what he said. Now get this. If you miss what he said, then you're wordless. And if there's no word, then there's no faith. So that brings about this responsibility. And Pastor John and, and Pastor John, that was powerful. What you stood as our worship pastor and declared the commitment that would come from there. That was powerful. And, and I want to commit to you that we're going to feed you the word of God, uncompromised word of God. Every time you come, we're going to teach you the word of God in a way that you can take it and go apply it. I'm going to work. I'm going to pray. I'm going to dig through rock. If I have to wait on God, do whatever it takes to get what he wants for you to hear every service. We're going to do that. But so we're going to feed you, but I, I got some news for you, sweetie. You have to feed you. You have to feed you. This is the year for some of you that you crack this book and don't just read it. Let it speak to you. We've taught series. We've given you tools. We've done all kinds of things. There's all kinds of helps to help you get into the word of God to let, and don't just read it. Let it speak to you. And read it and reflect upon it and apply it to your life. But it's time for you to feed you. Because your faith will never be powerful unless it is personal. I believe. I know this. He said this for me. Are you following me? Now, fear is the problem. And fear typically manifests itself as worry. How many have worried since New Year's? And the Bible has a lot to say about fear and anxiety and worry. And most of all, what it says about it is don't. And it seems to be that you have a choice about it. Well, I can't help it. Yeah, you can. You need to be careful about things. You say, well, I can't help it. You, you need to be careful about that. But it seems that you have a choice. We find Jesus at one time saying, do not be afraid. Only believe. In John 14, he said this, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me. So we have some choice in all of this, but fear tends to manifest itself typically as worry. And get this, what you worry about is not nearly as important as why you're worried. If you're worried about that T-Rex and Velociraptor, you're worried about them, not because of they're there, because of what you don't know, the why. And so in your life, what you're worrying about, and think about that just for a moment, that's not really the important thing. Why are you worrying about that? And it really comes down to this, an issue of trust and an issue of focus on God. Let's look at Matthew chapter um, 6, verse 32 and 33. Are you with me? 
Jesus has been talking about, don't worry. Everybody say, don't worry. Turn to your neighbor, even if you don't know him, say, don't worry. Turn to your other neighbor and say, cut it out. All right. Good, it's good for you. All right, Jesus is talking about, don't worry. Your heavenly father is going to take care of the birds of the air, the flowers of the field and so forth. And then he comes along and he says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father, everybody say my heavenly father, your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Your heavenly father knows, get this, your heavenly father knows what you need. I want to tell these folks, your heavenly father knows what you need. Wait right there. Your heavenly father knows what you need. Now I want you to personalize and everybody say, my heavenly father knows what I need. I just want you to kind of close everybody else out and just kind of close your eyes and just kind of just you and the Holy Spirit and, and, and me, because I'm going to kind of give you some direction here. And I want you to just say, my heavenly father knows what I need. One more time. My heavenly father knows what I need. Okay, now look at me. If you don't believe that, or if you kind of forgot about that, you're going to worry. But if you're assured of that, you won't worry. I've raised five kids. I still got two and a half at the house. (laughs) And God has helped us and God's been so good to us. And uh, man, didn't plan to do this. I love my kids so much. It hurts. There's nothing I wouldn't do for them. And we haven't been perfect parents, but I think we've done a good job with our kids. And they love God and they're serving God and everybody's headed somewhere good. And there's a lot of laughter and a lot of love. And they're my favorite people. Sunday lunch is so important to me. I can't do it today because I got growth track. But um, <laughs> that's a joke. But come back, come back. But to have them all around the table, and the psalm talked about that's really a wealthy man. He's got all his children, grandchildren around him, and nothing I wouldn't do for him. And as they were growing up, though, one of my favorite things is to watch them play or listen to them play. Or to camp out kind of near them reading, supposedly, <laughs> just to observe them. Either playing by themselves or with each other or whatever, doing whatever, and then hear them talking and playing. And never, Lee, you're what, 27? Lee just turned 27. Never in 27 years have I ever had my children, you know, with... Barbie or G.I. Joe or whatever cars or whatever they're playing with go, I don't know, Barbie. With all the election. (laughs) Fiscal cliffs. Food prices. I don't feel like playing much. Now listen. They never worried. 
There have been several recessions during their lifetime. They didn't know. We had hurricanes a few years back. Remember that? I boarded up windows, ran a generator. They watched movies and had snacks. And he asked them what they think about hurricanes when they were little. That's cozy. That's fun. (laughs) They didn't worry about college fund, gas prices, terrorism, politics. They didn't worry about those things. You know why? Daddy will take care of those things. I said, Daddy will take care of those things. And on the occasion, they got upset, you know, couldn't sleep. They're afraid, startled by something or whatever. They'd call out and I would come, never far away, but would come and take care of them. And a lot of times I just needed to remind them, it's okay. I got it. It's all good. It's not even real. And I'm right here. And if it was real, I could take it. Now, all that being said, that's not to pat me on the back. Listen, compared to our heavenly father, scripture says, if we earthly fathers being evil by comparison to our heavenly father, how much more, how much more will he take care of us? Now, listen to me. Your heavenly father knows what you need. And if you don't believe that, you'll worry. If you forget about that, you'll worry. But if you're assured of that, you won't worry. You won't worry. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We've got a big lake in front of us. Oh, go ahead and call it. It's a sea. And it can be beautiful. And it might have some storms. But we're going to be all right. And there may be things to worry about, but if you kind of put it in perspective and just remind yourself, my heavenly father knows what I need. And when you're assured of that, when you're assured of that, you will not worry. This is through faith. And you've got to have that brand of faith that will get you through. Well, what's out there, pastor? Don't know. It just would be a very dumb thing to go out there without through faith. Did you get anything at all out of this today?